This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. And welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and today we are talking about vibrational healing and sacred sound, how we can use sound to heal ourselves, and also many other things like allowing prosperity, sculpting our reality, reducing stress, and even transforming our world. My guest today is Peggy Black, author, world traveler, and lecturer with 35 years of experience in the healing field. She's been featured internationally in television, radio, and print media, and she is a multi-dimensional channel. She's gifted as a clairsentient, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive that allows her to assist individuals to live empowered and abundant lives. Peggy receives transmissions from her celestial team, which she calls the Morning Messages, and you can go to her website, peggyblack.com, and get Morning Messages. Now, Peggy calls herself a sacred sound salutarist, and basically she uses powerful core sounds for vibrational healing. Peggy has presented at numerous events, including the most recent World Congress of Illumination. Thank you so much, Peggy Black, for being on Healing Conversations. It's a real honor to, to be here with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. We have some very interesting things to talk about today, such as allowing prosperity and how sounds scope our reality. But first, before we get there, can you talk about that word, sacred sound salutarist? Um, I'd be glad to. That's always one is, uh, is, uh, individuals are most curious about. Um, when I first began to do sounds, <clears throat> they, came, they came through me spontaneously. And um, I wanted to ask or understand how to, how to promote it how to put it in a resume, how to, what did I call myself? And uh, I was given the name Salutarist. And salute, to salute means to honor someone's wholeness. So it was so perfect because sacred sounds honors an individual's wholeness, reminds an individual of their wholeness. And so that's how the, the name sacred sound Salutarist came about. You've been doing this for 35 years plus, and you just returned from the World Congress on Illumination in Tucson, Arizona. What is, in a nutshell, the healing effects of your work and and how it has helped people? I think the first thing that we all need to recognize and know and understand is that we're powerful beyond measure. And once we recognize that we're divine essence, we're consciousness, and we're divine consciousness, and we happen to have a physical body. And in our physical vehicle, that allows us to interface with this dimension. But we're here as transformers. And once we recognize, oh my gosh, my voice, my thoughts, my words, my energy is always interfacing with others, in this wholeness, this oneness, I truly am making a difference, not only in my personal world, but in the collective. And that's the biggest, I think, thing that we can own and recognize, is that we're here to make a difference. We're here to be transformers. How do we do that? You know, that's that's the, the delight, the mystery, the 
the um, uh, the challenge that we're all experiencing. How, how do we how do we actually serve our family, our community, and the global community uh, while we're in while we're in a physical body, while we're here conscious um, during this time of great change, great evolution. So that was part of what um, um, the World Congress of Illumination was connecting us, uh, connecting everyone that was uh, attending either through the live stream or in their own meditations and prayers or those that were physically present, is we, we know our connection to divine spirit, to all that is the creator, how do we how do we bring that into our physical actions every day? That's a good question. How do we? Well, there's there's all there's all kinds. First of all, it starts with my experience and what I would share. Is it starts with any work that we personally do on ourselves. Any time we let go of a limiting belief or a pattern that is dysfunctional. Anytime we shift it, no matter what the tool that uh, that offered us the, the vehicle to transform it, however we used, whatever tool we used to transform or release uh, an old pattern, an old dysfunction, something that needs to be forgiven from our past, every time we do that, we add more light to the collective. Because every time we look at some part of our shadow, that unconscious um, action and, 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 and behavior, every time we look at something that is limiting us and we shift it, and we might shift it just a tiny increment, but we shift it, when we do that, we add more light to the consciousness of mankind. We bring more light to the shadow of humanity. And so it always starts with our own self. That's the big key that's one of one of the keys and then once we become truly aware that we are magnificent beings we're magnificent multidimensional divine consciousness once we understand that that is who we are then we can begin to consciously interface with the collective in a way that's uplifting and powerful and transformative and so that's that's my passion is to to share and invite uh, others to recognize how their daily action makes a difference. Because when we when we engage in partnership with the celestial realms, with the divine consciousness, every action that we have becomes sacred. And so in partnership, um, I'm always talking about being the inviter, you know, inviting divine spirit, divine consciousness, the angels, the masters, um, all of the um, celestial beings, however and whatever feels most comfortable, inviting them into your moments every moment. Then, then you step into your day as feeding your family or going to work. Those actions now become sacred. You've infused them with a certain quality of divine consciousness and light. So that's the beginning right there. Work on ourselves, become aware that we are multidimensional, and invite divine spirit into every moment. Yes. You talked about your celestial team, and I know many people listening to this call could very well be tapped into their team, celestial team. I love how you say that. But others may, I know many others are still wondering how do we begin to do that, and is it real? My experience with this and um, and what I share with clients and when I lecture or teach is we were always meant to be in touch with divine, the divine realms. We were always meant to interface. We're the physical, we're the, how do you say, on the front lines in this reality, this dimension. This is a free will dimension. And so divine consciousness and all of the divine beings that are holy will not interfere with our free will. Mm-hmm. And it's our choice always to invite their support. 
Now, our society and religions and beliefs and a lot of the dogma has disempowered humans. We, we, we've never been taught that we are supposed to interface with the non-physical realms. We're supposed to be in partnership. We're not supposed to be down here, so to speak, in this physical reality all alone. The whole idea was we were going to be the receiver of this divine energy. We were going to be, so to speak, the open heart, the portal that allowed divine love and light and healing to come into this dimension. And so it's through our conscious heart that we consciously invite divine spirit to bless a situation or tragedy on our planet. And when we invite that divine consciousness and then have our focus there, then that divine energy flows through us to that particular event. And so the idea of being in partnership with with the angels or being in partnership with divine spirit is part of this evolution of consciousness. We're all waking up to realize that we do have a relationship and can have a relationship. And so it's a matter of beginning to ask. Everyone, from my understanding, has uh, has um, a support team that's not non-physical. Everyone has guides or angels or celestial beings that's specifically dedicated to working with them and their mission on this planet. So it's a matter of recognizing that, owning that, claiming that, and begin to engage in that. Um, the team is always telling uh, clients that call for a reading, you know, to begin to connect to their team 24-7. And here again, that's that's inviting that divine consciousness, that wonderful energy of love and light more fully into our day. And the team is always saying, if it doesn't feel real for you in the beginning, pretend. Children, children are in touch with this. Children remember most, and many of the listeners will remember when they were children, and they could uh, talk to their invisible friends. You see, but our society uh, puts that down to such a degree because what you can't see or feel is not real. So children learn to turn that off or close that door. So as adults, we have to look and realize, wow, I can still open that door. I can still turn that channel on. We're like, I guess the best way I can say this also is, we're like radio receivers. And you know, there's there's music and broadcasts going out in the invisible realms all the time. But unless we have a proper receiver, like a television or some of the electronic devices now, or a radio, you you don't pick up that particular program or that music or um, whatever. So we're like those kind of, uh, that, that type of equipment. We just have to learn how to, so to speak, find the, the right circuit or channel that allows us to interface with, with our team. Well, that brings up a good question. Two questions. When we need to find that right channel and how we trust it, and then also give us an example of what someone would actually say to connect? Well, first of all, um, I just talk to my team like my best friends. And so when I was first taking, I've always felt a presence, and I know a lot of your listeners know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And and I always felt a presence, so I just kind of knew there was something there, but I, I didn't give it a name, so to speak. When I did body work, I always knew that there was energy that was there that wasn't there when I wasn't working on a client. So over the course of my evolution and acceptance of this, I began to invite that that presence more fully. I began to engage that presence more fully, like I was talking to another another being, another another consciousness. And what began to happen is then I began to get directions on how to treat my clients, how best to serve them. 
It was information that you would just, that would be very clear? It would be very clear. And the thing about it is, is Lauren, we're all, we're all multidimensional beings. We all have the ability to experience telepathy, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentient. We're all empathic individuals. We feel the pain and anguish of others. We sometimes know something is going to happen before it does. And I know your listeners out there are recognizing this in themselves. But our society and our upbringing and the teachings that we've been offered for eons of time has not empowered those abilities. And so once you begin to just accept them and recognize these are all skills and tools that you have that you just haven't, so to speak, developed, just like a muscle that you would exercise. So after I recognized I had a presence that was with me, and once my client left, I went back to my mundane activities. And then um, about seven years ago, I became aware that this presence was a big energy, and I got the sense that I could go to my computer and allow this energy to come and I could type words. So that became the morning messages. And every morning I would get up at sunrise. That's why they're called morning messages. And I would take down three pages of transmission. And I did this for ten months. But in the period of doing that, something occurred that was quite profound. Not that that wasn't profound, but I was writing. I looked up at my view. I have a beautiful view. I live in the the redwoods in Santa Cruz Mountains. And I looked up and there was a beautiful, maybe five or six deer running across this meadow at sunrise. And it thrilled me. I mean, it was just one of those moments in nature that delights you. And so I watched it and then I went back to transcribing the team's energy. And when I did, the team said, we felt you thrill at the deer in your meadow. So then I began to realize that this this team, these divine beings, these celestial beings, could feel my vibration. So then I began to invite them to feel different vibrations. I began to engage them to come into my reality as I did see something beautiful. I would say, oh my gosh, can you feel how wonderful this experience feels to my body? Especially when I shower, I love uh, connecting with my team because we all love to take a nice hot shower. It's so refreshing and invigorating, and we get to connect with the consciousness of water. And I would invite my team, and I would say, can you feel my vibration of how wonderful this water feels on my physical form? So you see, I begin to engage and invite that energy to be present, no matter what I was doing. Sometimes I'm very casual. I'll get in my car and I will simply say, is everybody here? So I play with it. I sit down at my desk and before I even start, I will say, I ask for your guidance, your support in the decisions that need to be made today. And every email that is sent out, I would like that email to be infused with divine light and consciousness and love. So I begin to engage my team, the celestial presence, to infuse everything that I do through me goes out to bless and bring more light to whoever I'm exchanging energy with in whatever form. Beautiful. I know some of us get caught up on the names, and so if we don't have a name... What we have to realize is getting names is really a 3D reality. Okay. You know, I asked the name of mine when I was uh, one time. I knew I was working with a team. I'd been working with them for a number of years doing doing sounds. And I was very fortunate. This was when my good friend Tom Kenyon was still doing readings. And he offered to do a reading for me before I went to Egypt. And the first thing I did is, like all people, do they have names? <laughs> and the and, and the answer was is, my team said, take a deep breath, and we will give you our vibration in sound. 
Okay. So, in other words, I took a deep breath, and this is the name of one of my my team, and it, it's um. Uh, e- So it was a vibration. It wasn't a, a name like Patty or Mary or John, you see. Uh-huh. So the key is, the most important thing is the connection, the energetic connection. Energetic connection. And I just invite anybody to play with this. You know, don't make it so serious. These divine beings want very much to interface with you. But you need to be the inviter. And you have to look at all the limitations that has come from the religious beliefs that you were perhaps raised with, what your parents said about things like this, because those are limitations. And they're strictly just programs. That's all. And and, and a lot of children are very imaginative. And then their dad comes in and says, oh, that's just your imagination, for goodness sakes. You know, get real. Well, that kind of comment... Well, for a little four or five, six-year-old child, will shut that that ability down. Mm-hmm. You see. So just find those places where you might have shut it down, and just open it back up. Now you use sound to open it back up, or, or release. I use sound all the time, and sound for me and the team I work with—they're always saying sound is the quickest way to dissipate dense energy and so i use it as a tool i use it as a tool for celebration i use it for a tool for clearing so for an example um before i actually started channeling the sounds i was in um i ended i came back from arabia i lived in arabia for a year and i came back and ended a marriage and it was very sad for me uh, it, it was just very sad that it just was not supportive to my well-being. And I'd been with this individual a dozen years, and it was just it just wasn't working. So I ended it, and it, I was devastated. And I, I was so filled with emotion that I realized now it was my team, but they suggested, as it were, it was a thought, an inspiration, to take my emotions to my altar. So I have an altar in my closet. So I would go into my closet and light a candle and say to Divine Spirit, here's my grief. Please, please allow, please support me in transforming this grief. I give you this grief because I'm a human and I felt it, but I give it to you now to be transmuted. And I would cry and wail and keen. And then I would finish that. You know how you just kind of empty out your emotions? And then I would shower and go about my day. And then another surge of emotions would come through me, and I would make sure that I didn't repress them. I went into my altar, and I would say, here's my rage. Please assist me in transforming this anger and rage. And I just did this for months. And I and I, and it, it was just a part of my day. It wasn't that I was in. It, it wasn't that I wasn't functioning at all. It was just rather than repressing or using a substance or food or other other ways that we suppress our emotions. I was expressing them fully, fully feeling them and expressing them. But I did it as a sacred act. And so in that process, after ten months. And my mother was, was one that said, you're grieving more over this than I've ever known you to grieve. And I said, Mother, this is all my grief that I've never allowed myself to fully express. This is all the anger that I've never allowed myself to fully express. So I was literally cleaning out my emotional storage because we store our emotions in our cells, in our organs, in our body tissue. So I was kind of clearing clearing all of that. And it was when I finished doing that work that, that the sounds came through. So I use sound whenever I'm feeling some dense emotion, whether it's involving my children or the economy or just personal issues that come up as challenges. 
And it's not just toning, but it could be actual words or singing. Well, what I call it is free sound. And I call it free sound because we're so schooled and so uh, trained that the sounds that we make need to be pleasant, that we don't allow the unpleasant sounds to be made. So, for an example, if you have a pain in your knee, you can dialogue with your knee and ask it, if it can make a sound, what would that pain sound like? And it might be a moan or a growl or maybe even a scream. And so you begin to give yourself permission to make sounds that aren't pretty, that mm-hmm. aren't on on key. And that's what sound pods are about. It's a group of individuals coming together that don't use sounds like I do, don't talk about them and lecture about them and teach about them, but they know that they're powerful in their life. So they come together once a month, and it could be as often as you want, but I host I host it once a month. And we have a period of time in the evening where we do what's called free sound. We go to our heart, we close our eyes, we scan our body, and we give all of the experiences that we've had in the month, the stresses, the, the traffic, the arguments, all of that kind of energy that we've maybe stored in our body tissue, we give it a sound. And in the beginning, it's, it's a cacophony of some very strange, loud, discordant sounds. But after, after a few minutes, and it's not very long, those sounds become much more harmonious. And everybody always expresses they feel so much more spacious. They feel expanded. And so once we've cleared our field, then we can do some work for the global community. Very empowering. It's very interesting to hear the, the how the sound starts out, but then it becomes harmonious. Exactly. So for an example, say a listener that, that's listening to your presentation today and my sharing might might be going through some um, some sadness. And the, and we have a tendency as a society to kind of repress our sadness. It's not okay to cry. You do it kind of privately or with your best friends. But it's how do you express your grief or sadness about the loss of something or someone? And so I invite people to create a sacred space for themselves uh, and, and just say, here's my grief. This is... This is how I feel about the loss of this person or this event. And just begin to let yourself take a breath and make whatever sound wants to come up. Not words, but just pure vibration and sound. And then once you've kind of cleared that, say to yourself, I now replace everything I've cleared with uh, a peaceful heart. Or I replace it with... Uh, comfort, and then make the sound that you could imagine a peaceful heart would make, or the idea of if if you could give the word comfort a um, a, a sound, what would comfort sound like? So then you begin to engage in what I call and what the team calls emotional alchemy, energetic alchemy. You're turning discordant vibrations transforming discordant vibrations into uh, dissipating them and replacing them with emotions that are coherent. And it's as if it's transmuting thought patterns because if we have that thought pattern that's become a part of our body and then we ask our body what it sounds like, and it comes out to a sound that's maybe discordant, and then we ask it, what is the better version of that be? I really understand that definition of alchemy. It's a wonderful process, and we can expand it a little further. And this is where the magic comes in. This is where our divine essence is so important. We're here in the physical realm, and we're here as transformers. So... If I feel some anger, 
I can personally say to myself, what percent of this anger is personally mine? And then, because we're empathic, we feel the emotions of others, whether we recognize it or own it or not. And as we... As we awaken more fully, as we reach this evolutionary stage as we're going through this, more and more individuals are waking up to their own ability uh, to sense and feel uh, the invisible realms. And so I will say to myself, what percentage of this anger is mine, personally mine? And it might be 10%. Well, as I felt that anger and I began to vibrate that upset or anger, I have now entrained or resonated or connected with the collective anger. Because we're all one. Consciousness is all one. The quantum field is all one. We're all tapped in. And so recognizing that 10% of this anger is personally mine, I've now connected to 90%, using just those kind of terms, 90% that belongs to the collective. So now I can be powerful and say to Divine Spirit, to my team, witness and assist me in transforming this, this anger, the part that belongs to me personally, but also the part that belongs to the collective that I've tapped into. And then I make these sounds of anger. I, I, I express them, I clear them out, And once that's done, then I say, I now replace what I have just cleared for myself and the collective. I replace it with a a frequency and vibration of love and harmony. And then I make those sounds. So in, in three minutes, five minutes or less, I've just done powerful alchemical work for myself and the collective. So I've uplifted the planet by doing personal work. Yes. As we uplift ourselves, we uplift all of humanity. Exactly. As one is uplifted and healed, all are uplifted and healed. And so that's that's the whole, that's that's the, the bottom line here, is to live our life fully in partnership with with divine realms and our team, however that manifests for individuals. You know, some people will feel it kinesthetically through their body when they're connected. Some people will get inspiration in their mind. Some people will hear voices that guide and direct them. Some people just get a gut feeling that they follow. Some people hear or see visions. It it doesn't matter how it comes. Just begin to allow those abilities to to be more accepted, invite them. Invite them. Invite them. When the phone rings, just before you answer it, just take a uh, just pause for a minute and say, "Who's calling?" And see see what what image comes to mind. See what impression comes. So you can begin to develop these extrasensory perceptions and allow them to emerge. They've always been there. This is not something that you never had. Everyone has these abilities. When you come in, it's part of your equipment. However, our society has not educated nor honored uh, these abilities uh, truly. And so that's what's happening now. We're all beginning to realize this. And when you've got a workshop allowing prosperity, how can we use what you've told us about working with our team to allow prosperity. Well, you know, I will assure you this is this is a weekend workshop, an all-day workshop, So, but I will do my best. To, the most important thing for anything that we are doing <clears throat> is to begin to watch how we speak to ourselves because your listeners and others out there might not be doing sound like I'm speaking about. They might not be making sounds in their car or in their shower. But the thing about it is, is everyone is always talking. We're always speaking. So your sound is your word. Your sound, the words you speak is your power. And so you can begin to look, just look, 
without a lot of judgment, don't judge, just observe, how do you speak to your reality? How do you speak to yourself? Are you always saying things like, um, I can't afford that, or that'll never work for me, or they're always, they're always the lucky ones? You know, if we stop and realize that how many what we call um, negative or life-diminishing words we say to ourselves a day, think of it. Your word is your power. You're telling the quantum field what it is and how it is vibrationally that you want that field to respond to you. This, this quantum field is neutral. It's pure energy. We're the ones that we're the ones that sculpt that energy, and we sculpt it with our sound and our intention and our word. So if we say to ourselves, "I trust that this is going to work out to my highest benefit," and every time a worry thought comes about that, you replace it with, "I know that this is working out to my highest benefit." So you're beginning to engage the quantum field with a new frequency rather than going, oh, my God, this is, this is such a terrible tragedy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to... And then you start on this spiral of negativity. And we all know that one, yes? Oh, yeah. You know, we have to remember that what we focus on, what we intend, we create. So you want, you want to think upon that which you want. You want to speak about that which you want. And that's that's the, the bottom line. We're creators. We're powerful creators. If you have a physical body, if you've manifested a, a physical body, your divine spirit, you have a physical body, then you can create anything. And that's what we're learning to do. We're learning to recognize we're far more powerful than we've ever, ever allowed ourselves to understand. And so in allowing prosperity, one of the key factors is your word is not just a sound or a written symbol. Your word is a force. It is the power that you have to express and communicate and to think and thereby create the events in your life. So your word is a vibration of sound that has a tendency to manifest its physical equivalent. So... Um, be impeccable with your words. Watch how you speak to yourself. And here's here's the key. So many of us have been raised by parents that didn't know these principles. So we've been given some negative programs that we're not worthy, that we're dumb, that we're, um, you know, that y- you can imagine all of all of the things that have been said. We all have those kind of issues and programs. And they're just programs in the system. They're not really who we are. And so when you find my, my, one of mine was for a long time is my dad would always say, money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for your money. Yeah. And so, so that was a belief system of mine that ran my life for a long, long time. And now I've, over the last maybe decade, I've been more conscious of the power of my word and how supportive the universe is to me and honoring and, and coming from that place of gratitude. Gratitude and appreciation are the keys. Those are the two things that everybody needs to practice to the max. The more grateful you can be about every single thing, the more you get from the universe, the more you receive. You open up and allow uh, that energy to flow. So now I have a term for it, and I call it blue sky money. And I welcome blue sky money. And I have this website, morningmessages.com, and I have these wonderful, incredible subscribers. And I go to my post office box, and there's all this blue sky money. Individuals that are finding value in what, what I'm offering, because I offer it free, and they send a check, and sometimes it's $10, and sometimes it's $30, and just recently I got a check for $1,000.
Wow. But I've, allow- I, I've, I've, I've reached a level of allowing the universe, my interface with the universe, my interface with, with the non-visible realms, to take care of my needs. And it's, it's miraculous, and everybody can do it. I'm not special. And so that's a part of it, you know, is watch what you say to yourself. I'm sick and tired of doing that. Well, guess what you've just told the universe? Just guess what you've just told your body? Or how many times, I have to say, this is a, a story that um, my daughter works for a hotel company in Kauai, and she's an executive or was an executive there. And this is a number of years ago, but anyway, I was there visiting and having lunch with her, and her, the boss, the main boss of the hotel chain was there. And she introduced me to Mr. Smith. And Mr. Smith, we said, we just love your daughter to death. And I mean, I felt it in my body. And I looked at him, <laughs> and I said, Mr. Smith, can I invite you to love my daughter to life? My daughter rolled her eyes. I, you know, she just, oh my God, Mom, don't say that. But it took him a little while, and then all of a sudden he got a big smile on his face, and he said, "You're right. We love your daughter to life. She is such a benefit to this hotel." So these are phrases that people say so unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So the first thing for allowing prosperity or clearing energy from your field is to watch how you speak about it. To watch, I'm, I, I have a phrase, there's more to be revealed. So when I hear of tr- something tragic or a, a challenge that one of my loved ones is facing, the first thing that comes to m- my team will say, there's more to be revealed here. So I hold that and realize it looks pretty tragic right now, or it looks like a big challenge. But I can't see the whole picture right now, so I'm going to trust that there's more to be revealed here. And that takes a lot of my worry or pressure off. And just phrases like that that you can begin to incorporate in your life will begin to help you shift and and begin to move move more fully into your well-being, more fully into your power as a creator. One of uh, one of my loved ones was going through some, some some severe challenges, and I spoke to the team about it, and the team said, "Do everything you can to see your loved one at her best. Envision her shining and smiling and healthy and happy, because that gives her an image and frequency and vibration that she will be drawn to." Your worry only adds burden to her challenge. Your worry adds energetically to her challenge. But see her, see her shining, see her happy, successful, healthy. Envision that, and that is where that is what will attract her to move forward. Isn't that beautiful? That is good. You know when we've got when. Raising kids, teenagers, letting them go, moving through their, become their own person. You know, we want to help them, but yet we have to just hold that space for them. And we can do that with everyone. You know, I wanted to ask, you had mentioned in the beginning, it's a evolution of consciousness, a consciousness evolution. And that brings to mind the shift. That's really what I feel the shift is. And in the changing times, as we see all that with no integrity fading away, we've got people who are needing to find their passion and their purpose. You are someone that is able to do that. How can more people tap into their purpose and passion instead of going to a job they hate? Well, the first thing to do is just to begin to be kind to yourself and begin to ask and see or sense and imagine, if I could do anything, what would I be doing now? 
and, and just give yourself. Children are so great with their imagination. So begin to see or sense or feel. Um, you know, we all have heard these stories of people that lose their job and they panic, and then all of a sudden, because they've lost their job, they have nothing else, so to speak, to lose. They do something they've always wanted to do, and it becomes a great success. So I just invite anyone that doesn't feel they have a passion is to begin to ask, what's my passion? And write some things down. I always have wanted to work with animals. And and so then begin to do some volunteer work working with animals. So begin to really be honest and authentic with yourself. And in the process of that, connecting with your divine team, say to your team, guide me in the perfect steps to allow me to serve or allow me to contribute in the ways that I came here to this planet to do. So you begin to set the framework for that to be revealed. You begin to speak the words that call it forth. You begin to say things like, I'm so grateful that I'm living my passion. I'm grateful that the universe is showing me how to live my passion. Do you see how the wording changes how you feel? Mm-hmm. And so in the process of that, rather than going, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, that's keeping you locked into that reality. And you can say something so simple as, I'm grateful that I have this job at this moment as I move toward my passion. See how that shifts? Mm-hmm. You go into work and you bless everybody you work with even the hard ones, even the ones you have such difficulty with. Bless them. Appreciate them. Find some aspect to be grateful for because the cleaner you are in your relationship to the current work situation, the quicker it is for you to evolve out of it, to move beyond it. And so when you're looking for your passion, write down the things you've always thought you wanted to do. And, and begin to see how you might implement some of those in your life as it is right now with the intention that more is to be revealed. If you've always wanted to be a writer but you're a clerk in a, in a grocery store, make some time to write. Create a blog. If you've got wisdom you want to share with somebody, find ways. The Internet is a wonderful tool for that. So you can still be doing, so to speak, your, your your mundane job, but you can also find time to do what you're passionate about. And the thing to realize is there's no job that's mundane. If you bring divine consciousness into your workplace, I don't care what you're doing, how boring it is, how you hate it, if you begin to invite a divine entourage of beings... Just imagine you walk into your workplace surrounded by these beautiful beings of light. And as you go about your daily tasks, you see all your coworkers as also divine beings who are not awake yet. But you, you want them to know you appreciate them. And so in that silent, sacred place of your heart, bless them. Acknowledge them for whatever struggle they're going through, whatever challenges they have, whatever woundedness manifests in their behavior. So the more that you do that, the more that you honor everybody you interface with and encounter, you're doing your passion, you see. You're opening yourself up to your true mission, and it will reveal itself. It will absolutely and totally reveal itself. Maybe in ways that you never thought possible. Exactly. I would have never imagined myself to be um, a channel for these divine beings. I'll be 70 on my birthday. And uh, and this work that I've been doing, I've always had a passion for um, healing and metaphysics and spirituality. And I remember as a little girl asking my mother, what do I do when I hear someone call my name in my head? And she said, answer them. 
So, see, she didn't shut it down for me. Wonderful. And so the fact is, is I continue to this day to say, show me how best I can serve. Show me how best I can serve. Because I know in that in that service and coming from that place of service, whether I'm um, a short-order cook somewhere or I'm a caregiver, how can I bring divine into that moment? How can I serve doing exactly what I'm doing right now, knowing there's more to be revealed, knowing that I'm going to be guided to uh, another phase of my unfoldment? But when we're in a negative place resisting what we're doing, we're stuck. We've locked ourselves in. So show me how best I can serve and bring the divine into every moment and there is more to be revealed. Beautiful words, great advice. Here's a quote that I love and it's a, um, a Siberian proverb. It says, be humble for you are made of the earth. Be noble, for you are made of the stars. So we're divine beings in physical form. We're an aspect of divine consciousness. When we own and recognize that, every moment we live becomes sacred. Every encounter we have is a sacred exchange. And in that, in that very shift that you make right then, you will watch your life transform. You'll begin to watch your words and how you speak to yourself and how you speak to others. And just that simple action will shift things. And we're all witnessing, (laughs) as you call it the shift, we're all witnessing our reality changing moment to moment before our eyes. We're witnessing horrendous natural uh, weather conditions and economic and political shifts and conflicts around the world. This is this is a time of of great transformation. And it's sometimes scary or it's 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 challenging in our own personal life. But but we're here to do this work. We're here to be the alchemists, the transformers. Mm-hmm. And when we own that, then we just hold that focus. We hold that focus as best we can, no matter what challenges we're having in our personal life. No matter what is going on in our personal life. That leads me to our final question of your vision of the future, five years, ten years. You know, that's an interesting question, and I appreciate you asking that. As Greg Braden speaks about this this changing and shifting times, you know, the, the quantum field that's shifting, the zero point uh, uh, that we're, we're all hearing so much about, um, he talks about this in Fractal Time, his book and, and uh, his wonderful work in the Divine Matrix. Mm-hmm. We, as a, as a humanity are making that decision. So in other words, it can go so many different ways. So the idea and the goal is that more individuals go to their heart, stay in their heart. It is the heart consciousness that is truly transforming our world. And as each and every individual anchors more light, more love, more peace, coming from that sacred place of their heart, and in connection and partnership with divine source, then the reality that we create is going to be one of loving peace, is going to be one in which our ecology and um, all of the harm that has been done to this planet, Pachamama, is going to be healed. That's my vision, is that more and more individuals wake up on a daily basis a moment-to-moment basis, realizing that they make a difference. Every action that they do, every kindness they offer ripples outward. Every kind word, every loving embrace, every, every expression of gratitude makes a difference. So we're at that, at that edge where it can go either way. 
it's unknown at this point how the consciousness of evolution, how the consciousness of the humans on this planet are going to handle this the shift and the cycle. You see, we're moving through this tremendous um, uh, cycle of changes. You know, the, the procession of the equinoxes, it's approximately 26,000 years is ending. And then we have another, uh, a global cycle that's 5,125 years that's ending. So we're, we're, we're getting, so to speak, an opportunity to, to reboot, to restart. It's not the end of the planet. It's, it's an opportunity to begin anew. To see the vision of everyone peaceful and community where all life matters, that is a wonderful world. And I am with you. That's the vision that I'm holding, as so many other listeners on this call. Well, one of the last things I would like to leave for the listeners is be sure each and every day that you anchor your energetic field to this planet. Your your electromagnetic field, and so is this planet. So just do a simple visualization or an intention as I'm anchored and grounded to this planet. I'm connected to divine source. Right there, you've just you've just become a conscious beam of light, so to speak, anchoring to this planet. Then put your awareness in your heart and call upon divine energy and spirit to work through you through your heart consciousness throughout the day. And and just know you're this, this beautiful opportunity to be this emotional alchemist. And watch your world change. And watch your world change personally, but also know that you're influencing the outcome. You see, when you carry that kind of vibration, as you walk through your store, as you work with your coworkers or family, you're offering them a coherent vibration of appreciation and gratitude, of love and compassion. So if they're having a really bad day and their energy feels a little jagged, guess what? You're offering them a soothing vibration that they can begin to entrain with or recognize. So you become this peace-commanding presence no matter where you are. I feel that right now just through those simple words Peggy Black thank you so much Peggy Black of morningmessages.com and peggyblack.com you do programs and sessions and people can go sign up for your morning messages newsletter thank you so much Lauren I appreciate it so much you're also doing stellar work so thank you for hosting uh, these programs healing conversations that in itself says it all doesn't it It does. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're so welcome. Be blessed. And I thank you, too, for listening. Please share this program so that we can get this important information out to the rest of the world. And be sure to follow this show so you get notifications of our weekly shows full of fresh information that you won't find in mainstream media. I now leave you with music from the universe, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. This is music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. Take a listen to the music and have a beautiful day.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.